2022 has been such a historic year for us PMDD warriors. More research studies are being conducted than ever before. There's been more media coverage, more and more treatment options being discovered, and more and more people are becoming aware of PMDD because you are sharing your story with those around you. So thank you. And of course, 2022 is the year that we started the PMDD Healing Podcast. So yay for 2022 and yay for you. And to celebrate the end of the year, I'm sharing your two favorite episodes from this year. So thank you for being a part of this community and thank you for not giving up. And always remember, relief is possible. Oh, and if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review and share what you like most about it. All right, here we go. Here's the best of 2022 for you. (laughs) You might be one of those people who says, what the heck does trauma have to do with my PMDD? Well, Lisa de Jong, our next expert, she's going to tell us how trauma, your hormones, and your nervous system are actually interconnected and that this can actually strongly, and it does affect your PMDD symptoms. And she's of course also going to share what we can do to support ourselves, how we can find relief, how we can get ourselves back into a more regulated state. Ah, Lisa is back and it's gonna be so good. Here we go. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share hope, guidance, and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. And today, I am so happy to welcome back Lisa de Jong. And Lisa was a highlight of last year's summit. That's why I'm so glad that she said yes. Let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. Lisa is a well-being and health coach specializing in the menstrual cycle, chronic pain, somatic mental health, and nervous system regulation. She helps people to feel better in their bodies and improve other areas of their lives through a somatic approach. Her work is informed by neuroscience, biology, psychology, as well as her own personal journey with chronic pain. She works with clients through private one-on-one work, group workshops, and online courses, and she offers free consultations and resources on her website. You're going to get all the links, all the goodies. Thank you, Lisa, for being here again. Thanks, Charisma. It's so good to be here. Happy birthday for the summit. (laughs) Happy birthday, summit. Oh, thank you. You're so right. (laughs) I should have some cake today. So Lisa, let's let's dive right in. Could you share, just in case, you know, some people are new to you, could you share a little bit about your journey and why you're so passionate about the work that you do? Yes. So yeah, I did come on this journey um, from a personal lived experience with pain. I am I'm an endo warrior, as we call them. So I have endometriosis. And, um, well, I've been treated for it and it doesn't really impact my life so much anymore, but yeah, that's, that's essentially why, cause it did impact my life for over a decade, you know, and, um, had to journey that, that journey and figure things out and, um, learn the tools and the skills to support myself and navigate through the medical system and all of the stuff. 
And because I trained in a lot of things, I decided then to train professionally and then bring this work out. And clearly there's a huge need for it. Um, and I'm really passionate about uh, working with people's bodies <laughs> um, and uh, with helping people through pain and darkness. Yeah. That's why I'm so glad you're here because I am, I know we all know about pain and we know all about darkness here in the PNB community. And one of last year's big revelations, what really was the jaw dropper was that there's a lot of connection between our PNDD symptoms and trauma. Could yeah. you speak a little bit about trauma, just anything that you think we need to know and how it can affect us? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to define what trauma is um, in my own sort of understanding of it, because there's loads of different um, definitions of it, but it's one of my one of the teachers I follow, I, um, Peter Levine, I'm training in his particular work. He talks about trauma being not the, not the event that happened to you, but the impact that the event had on your nervous system um, in the absence of compassionate witness. And so trauma is the, the things we didn't do or say and the support we didn't have and the impact that those, that, that, you know, those things had on our nervous system and the, the imprint that leaves on our body and our nervous system today and how the, the trauma, the event that caused a, a nervous system dysregulation or a nervous system response in the absence of support and an ability to fight or flight or defend ourselves, um, it gets locked into the nervous system. And so we can live with the psychological and physiological impact of trauma today as a result of something that happened in the past. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's quite complex, but there's you know, a lot you can, you can do to work with it. Yes. And I love that you um, brought in there this, this nervous system, because I think that I've been hearing it a lot more since the last summit. I feel nervous system has become a lot more. But could you talk about the nervous system um, and how this um, has to do more you know, with the trauma and how this has to do with some of our PMDD symptoms and even yeah. chronic pain? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that was the other part of your question, wasn't it? Like, what does this have to do with PMDD? And it, it has a lot to do with PMDD. And even actually the trauma community don't yet yet acknowledge this because the, tra the trauma community is very much, um, the teachings on trauma are very much based on just bodies in general. And they're not really like talking about what the hormones are doing. And so that's where my work meets the the trauma community because I'm really bringing I'm trying to bring in that that conversation around hormones because in the female experience um with this fe the female sex hormones what's happening is okay we have a menstrual cycle yeah and PMDD as we all know generally happens the week or 10 days before our period comes right those symptoms start to come up and the reason for that is is because after ovulation which is when the egg gets released from the ovary um there's a hormone called estrogen. And when that drop, that drops actually quite quickly after ovulation. And it means that the nervous system becomes a little bit more exposed because one of the roles of estrogen is to soothe the nervous system. So when estrogen drops, our physiology is primed to, um, to be more sensitive in our nervous system. And we're actually going to be more likely to like look for threats and danger. And that's why we can get cranky and moody because we're like waiting for things to happen. You know, it's very hormonal. It's very somatic. It's not in our heads. It's, this is really happening. And so what happens with trauma charisma is that 
when we have trauma or the effects of trauma for a long period of time um, and we haven't really healed it, even if it's unconscious, because a lot of us carry unconscious trauma, myself included, um, we sweep it under the carpet as a coping mechanism because we have to get through life. But then as estrogen drops every month with the menstrual cycle, it's like it's like as though that that rug that we've shoved everything underneath we, it just kind of gets like estrogen the menstrual cycle is that rug and we and we kind of it gets peeled up right and we and we get to see what's there and the things that have caused us harm or impacted us on some level and um, they kind of start coming up to the surface you know and it's that's essentially how I see PMDD it's this mix between um trauma the nervous system and and the dance of hormones that's happening in the body and that's kind of I don't know if that answers your question, but that's how I see it as that systemic holistic like conversation that's happening. Yeah. I love that. You know, that you bring that together with the hormones that the hormones that estrogen soothes our nervous system. So when that then drops, it becomes our nervous system becomes more kind of like, you know, exposed or like more frail or a little bit more sensitive. And that's why like for me, my anger would come up and all these things that I had swept under the carpet would come up every month would be the same story over and over. So I love that you're bringing that together because that makes sense. It makes it more, yeah, less abstract. So thank you. It's helpful, isn't it? (laughs) It's so helpful. I know everybody out there, I hope I have already begun with a note. So y'all better be taking notes too. (laughs) So you were also, you know, there's this fight flight freeze with the nervous system and also I'm hearing something new come in with a fawn which Mm -hmm. I think really applies to me which I do a lot so could you just speak a little bit about these this thing that we could also get stuck in these responses right yeah this is really this is where the the knowledge is power piece comes in because this is like okay like I've got trauma what do I do right so um so there's different states that your nervous system is in all the time and we can be blended between different states and I won't I won't make it complicated I'll keep it simple but if you if you visualize a ladder right just a ladder and your nervous system is kind of like a ladder and at the very bottom you have the the freeze response so like you said the freeze response is what happens in the nervous system in the face of danger or threat or trauma when when we don't have the ability to defend ourselves or the ability to leave or um protect ourselves right so are we, we we go into shutdown and, and we see this conversation a lot in you know conversations around sexual abuse and that kind of thing it's like yeah our, our bodies go into freeze we go into into a into a shutdown that's a very extreme example by the way but it can also be um you can have developmental trauma and struggle in relate intimate relationships and you might find yourself struggling to speak your truth or connect you know in in intimate situations or um you might find you you might just generally have a lot of trauma from different things in your body and find yourself um because your body is in this freeze response there's a lot of energy that goes into the freeze response to protect you um, so you might find yourself really tired um, you don't have a lot of zest for life in general. You, it's a lot of energy just to put the wash on. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and that can be generally speaking or in relation to a particular topic or context in your life. So that's, that's the more like the, the freeze response. And, and it's not a bad thing. It's, it's annoying because it is, takes a lot of energy and it's tiring. And when we're carrying that in our bodies for five, 10 years, you know, um, that's, not very good for our vitality and especially chronic pain and PMDD. 
because it's, like I said, all your immune system energy is going into this self-protection. Mm-hmm. So that's the freeze. Um, and then you have like going back to the ladder above the ladder above freeze, we have the fight or flight. And that is the sympathetic nervous system, the part of the nervous system where we mobilize, where we do have safety to fight, defend ourselves or leave a situation. Um, and this can look you know, very intense, like we're fighting or something, but it can also just be, um, it's a stress response. So it can be if we're um, overthinking things in our head or frantic or overwhelmed with decisions or in a kind of controlling mindset or comparing ourselves to other people, that would be very much a fight or flight sympathetic place. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, a lot of energy goes into that. And it's also kind of a self-protective thing from, you know, in in the face of threat or danger. Um, and then the top of the ladder, this is the good part. <laughs> this is called um, the ventral of the, the ventral vagal in the polyvagal theory. So this is the, the rest and digest. That's an easier term. Rest and digest. It's where we are safe. We are um, comfortable in our own skin. We, we have hope. It's the physiology of hope, charisma. It's the physiology of um, knowing that we have choices, that we have options. It's intimacy. It's connection with people. It's being okay with taking our time and that we don't need to rush everything, you know, mm. like that physiological feeling of feeling like, oh, I feel held and supported in my life. Um, and then you spoke as well to the fawn and I wouldn't put that on the ladder as such because it's kind of a blended state, but the fawn response that Charisma mentioned is also very important to consider, particularly for women, because essentially what that is, it's the people-pleasing response in our nervous system where we um, abandon our, we don't even have a relationship with our own needs and we abandon our needs. We don't know our own needs or our boundaries and we go along with what other people what we think other people want and do because we're afraid of conflict maybe conflict has been dangerous in the past or we're afraid of being disapproved of or being judged and criticized because we have been and the fawn response is a very um societal thing that gets shaped into us and I think particularly for women so yeah something to think about <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a, it was a big revelation for me I'm like oh my goodness that sounds so familiar yeah and, same <laughs> when you two were talking about free the freeze response something I was I wanted to ask you is that also sometimes where procrastination comes in like I know sometimes when I want to do something where I have to kind of you know show up and be seen which for me feels very uncomfortable and dangerous I kind of like I don't do that thing. Is that is that procrastination? Can that be a freeze response of like some trauma that we have from the past? That's a great question, Charisma. I think it can be. Yeah. And it's kind of for you to decide because it's your body. Um, and, you know, like and procrastination is actually a way like I see procrastination as the body is looking for relief. <laughs> so this is the thing about having a trauma informed approach is that you're always thinking you're what's happening in your behavior or in your decisions or in in your symptoms, it's like your body is looking for a way to regulate. So procrastination is a way of regulating, like you said, fear, um, overwhelm, or maybe mm. you're burnt out. Like sometimes procrastination is a good thing because we've been working too hard and we're just not giving ourselves a break. Do you know? And it comes then as procrastination and then we label it and judge ourselves, right? So <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But it's actually like take a break, slow down maybe yeah. a little bit. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or take it in small, yeah. like when you when you're speaking to that part of it being a freeze, it probably is that it's like 
you do have like you or the person who's experiencing it has fear and is being triggered in the nervous system. So to, to break that project down into small mm. bite-sized parts, getting support and also kind of allowing yourself to be a little bit, um, what's called like triggered in the nervous system, a little bit activated with sympathetic yeah. energy, mm-hmm. like that sympathetic in the middle without dropping down into freeze, you know, and you're, because the freeze is where we're flooded and we're overwhelmed yeah. and then we're, we're just stuck and we can't get out of there. But if we're in a little bit of sympathetic, um, that's the, the hormone of cortisol and adrenaline, by the way, it, yeah. that's actually, we do need that. That's helpful. We can't be in rest and digest all the time. We have to do things in the day and get through things and the sympathetic part of the nervous system plays a big role in helping us to just move through our to-do list (laughs) um, and being motivated and so if you're if you're finding yourself freezing and and procrastinating a lot yeah ask yourself how can I regulate this how can I make this activity a little bit more pleasurable or Mm. am I trying to be a perfectionist here am I putting too much pressure on myself do I need support all those questions can help you to um just shift out of freeze and not rely on procrastination to regulate. Yes. And that's what I love about the work you do because it helps us to, you know, anybody out there, y'all, when we start noticing these things like, oh, what's, what's going on? Like, what, what, what could this be a response to what's going on? So let's get practical with this. How can I use this knowledge, right? With the nervous system and the fight, flight, freeze, fawn and all these things to support myself in life mm-hmm. with PMDD. Yeah. It's very empowering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And the thing is as well, like I know, I know, I know a lot about this stuff and I can speak to it, but I'm not, I was saying to my friend the other day, it's like, I'm not immune to this. Like I, st- just because I know this stuff doesn't mean I don't experience it. So I'm every day like, okay. And it's almost harder. It can be a little bit harder when you know this as well, because, and you have to be careful of that as well to not judge yourself. You're like, oh, I'm in freeze too much because I've done that too so just be really kind to yourself because this knowledge is powerful but just don't use it against yourself you know it's just it's to journey what we haven't been given the support we haven't received that we do deserve now (laughs) that is such a good tip yes don't use this against yourself oh I love that so you were just also talking about when we get a little bit when we notice you know we get a little bit activated a little triggered a little bit into the sympathetic what if we get a little bit too far in how do we regulate our nervous system like how can we help ourselves when we're when it's happening yeah it's a great question so um whether you find yourself in in the freeze or in the the sympathetic I'll actually go back to the ladder again because it's really helpful so at the bottom you have the freeze and then you have sympathetic and then you have rest and digest and the reason why that ladder is important is because it's chronological charisma we can't move from freeze to rest and digest we have to shift through sympathetic I know (laughs) so so we have to um climb the ladder right so um if we're in if we see ourselves in freeze um well actually what I'll start with is saying that every nervous system is different and every personality Mm -hmm. and needs and desires and how you experience pleasure and how you regulate will be so different some people love to meditate some people love to go on long runs some people hate those things so it's so important that you get really curious about your nervous system Mm -hmm. and um, make a list of what's called regulating resources for you to lean lean into and rely on when you find yourself overwhelmed in freeze or in fight or flight. So I'll just speak for myself. One of my freeze resources is you want to think about something that doesn't take too much effort because a freeze, 
like thinking about doing a 20 minute meditation when you're in freeze, it's kind of a bit, do you know, it's a bit much. And what you want is mobilizing energy. So for me, I just click on my Spotify and I have music and I'm like able to start moving my body a little bit or, or cleaning, if I'm cleaning the kitchen, like putting on some music and it just lifts my mood a little bit. Um, that's a really big one. Um, small little bite-sized things that help you mobilize. And you'll only really realize what they are when you start to get curious about them for yourself. So Mm -hmm. it sounds mad, but cleaning is one of mine. I like to be like making lists. If I'm in sympathetic overwhelm, like making a list of the things I need to do, getting organized. Mm -hmm. I love that. Um, You know, sitting, just sitting down and having a cup of tea or reading a book or going for a walk and taking a Epsom salt bath, sometimes I meditate, like I don't rely on that. You know what I mean? I rely on these real practical everyday things. And then a huge one that we often forget is something called co-regulation. And that's what we're doing here. We're having a, an experience together, two nervous systems coming together. And I think we can put pressure on ourselves to get ourselves out of these overwhelmed states. Mm. But in actual fact, yeah, we need people, we need humans and um, whether the other person knows that they're doing it or not doesn't matter, right? So friendships, yeah. relationships, going into groups, um, even if you're just sitting, if you work for yourself and you are tired of working alone at home, like going into a cafe, even if you don't know people, you, you still have people around you. Yes. Um, just getting out into the world, being being immersed in, in you know, society, yeah. but definitely having like friendships and connections, co-regulating, that's where we, we regulate each other's nervous system. And when we're in a freeze response, there's a part of the brain called the prefrontal cortex that um, is our decision-making place in our brain. And because we're in a survival response, it doesn't really turn on very well. So it's hard to actually pull ourselves out. So we have to have a few go-to things. So for me, it's music, people, and walking. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I love that because if you're, if freeze response is one of your go-tos, maybe you can just have like a sticky note somewhere in your home like that you know if you just look up when you're in your freeze you're like go to your favorite cafe or put on that music you have like three little things you're like i'll just do that i'll just click my spotify and that could possibly help i I really love that one thanks for sharing that one yeah and the good thing about it is it it builds momentum so you (laughs) as you as you're listening to the music you'll start feeling better yeah. And then you might, and then that's the kind of way out of procrastination as well, because it's this, it's this kind of like domino effect, you know, yeah. and then you do have to track your system to make sure you then don't overdo it, like in terms of working and stuff, but yeah, just keeping an eye on where you are in your system every day and getting curious about like what supports you and what triggers you. Yeah. Like it's really helpful. Yeah. That is really helpful. I'll maybe write it down, keep a journal at the end of the day, notice or however you do that. And so you were talking about going up the ladder and I was just wondering, do I have to go from freeze to like fight and flight and up the ladder or do I just go from freeze? So do I have, do I have to then do some punching after that or how do I get up there? <laughs> That's a good question. No, it's, it's, it, yeah, it, it doesn't like, it's not as, um, like like as um kind of clear as that it's sort of more a metaphor so yeah. the freeze response in the nervous system it needs sympathetic energy so it okay. needs mobilizing energy it doesn't mean we have to go into an over a, a sympathetic overwhelm because there's a difference between 
sympathetic energy, which is what we're doing now. We're conversing and there's like activation in my nervous system and I'm on camera, you know, and this is being recorded and yeah. I'm not overwhelmed though. I'm not like shutting down. I know what to say somewhat, I hope. Yeah. And, yes. you know, like, so, so sympathetic energy is that energy that helps us like get things done. It, it, it motivates us. It inspires us. It, it um, gets us through the day. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're, if, if it's too much flooded, then we get stuck there and then we have um, health problems if we're there long term. So if you find yourself in freeze, the mobilizing energy is the the music, or it is the dancing, or or it is the cleaning, or it is, you know, the connection with another person. And then if you're flooded and sympathetic, if you're really like stressed and overwhelmed, because that's yeah. not freeze, that's that's sympathetic, and you're you're just finding your it really hard to calm down. The same tools or making the list, organizing yourself, and um, taking things off your to do list, asking yourself like, where am I? being too hard on myself it just settles the system and then from that feeling more organized more clear more more contained then we shift up into or the the opportunity is to shift up into um rest and digest yeah and that's where we're like oh life's life's okay I got I've got this I trust myself I feel supported in life it's going to be fine I have options you know there is hope yes. And ah. I will say it's a it's a gorgeous place to be isn't it but I will say like if you've spent a lot of time in freeze or in sympathetic which a lot of us have it can be dysregulating even in itself to spend a lot of time in the rest and digest so don't worry if you don't stay there very long because it's you have to learn to do that through your nervous system through doing this work yeah I see ah uh, so it could be like too good <laughs> Yeah, the body doesn't like the body's like, wait, this isn't safe. I'm supposed to be frantic and trying to survive. And if you're like feeling all hopeful and trusting for like more than you're used to, your system will just go back to its its original place. And that's normal. That's all part of it. It's like we're we're just it's like learning a new language. You just have to keep on kind of practicing. <laughs> that's so I'm glad that you always say that kind of to bring in that compassion, right? That if we're we don't need to be in this state all the time where we kind of go down and over and around a little bit could you we're talking about freeze could you I know fight is one of my like main ones like I like to grrr, lash out could you talk about the the fight response a little bit yeah I guess the fight response um would be so that's part of the sympathetic response in the nervous system yeah um and the the reason why we might fight in an interpersonal relationship or within us if we're reacting to a group or an idea or we're judging people <laughs> or ourselves it's a it's a protective thing it's probably anger that's coming through it's you know a part of our training that we might have received when we were growing up whether it was something we witnessed or it was the only option for us because we didn't have a route out so fight was the other option for our nervous system to do yeah. um so it's not, there's nothing like bad about it. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's it, the problem becomes is if, if, if it's causing harm to ourselves or others, or if it's impacting relationships. And I know that this can really show up for people who have PMDD symptoms. Um, and it's the same lesson. It's the same thing around learning to regulate the anger, learning to feel the sympathetic charge without mm -hmm. like, taking the action or making the decision or saying the thing yes, and the more yes. space that's a real mindfulness approach isn't it but yeah. the more we can hold that tension in our bodies 
and learn to do that um, and learn to rely on our own regulating resources and shift up the ladder. Yeah. The more yeah. we begin to take the edge off the, the fight response, you know, mm-hmm. but I, but, but if you do have a fight response, just remind yourself that that is there to protect you. Mm-hmm. And that is there because of your history of trauma, because of what you've witnessed, because of what you've learned directly and indirectly. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a, quite a good thing. It's just, we have to, it's just not maybe helping you in the here and now anymore, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. Oh, that was one of my big things to work through, to be able to sit with these energies and to be able to sit with these these thoughts that come in and whoo, so judgmental and whoo, just talking about everybody to just be able to, oh, oh, it's here again. Oh, how interesting. But and I have lost that need to like make it go outward because I can just be with it and, and kind of regulate that. So thank you for okay. sharing that one. That's yeah, so powerful, Kuzma. Yeah. yeah, I always call it, you got to sit with your shit. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. So it's you are, so <laughs> you're, you're a, also a menstrual cycle coach and, uh, you know, you offer professional training for people to, you know, also be cycle coaches and uh, facilitators, which I absolutely love. And I know I've talked to some people who've been through your training and they absolutely loved it. So why is it so important to combine your poly- polyvagal approach with the menstrual cycle awareness? Yeah, that's a great question. So um, the polyvagal approach allows for me to work with the menstrual cycle from a trauma-informed perspective Mm. because every person with a menstrual cycle has a different trauma story and the polyvagal theory helps me to understand um, people's relationship with their cycles on a deeper level. And, you know, if I just give people advice on self-care, it's not going to be enough, you know, because it's not sustainable. So when we work from that nervous system approach, um, it's just more sustainable in terms of understanding our patterns and, you know, our behaviors and our protective self-protective responses. Yeah. Um, one of my, um, things was like, I'd be quite a sympathetic person, like, like busy, busy, you know? And, um, I, when I was on my own health journey with this, my, I guess my self-protective response was to make this really long list of self-care things I needed to do every day. And it was just, it was just not realistic, you know, and it, and it, it became, it came from a place of fear because of chronic pain, you know, so I had to learn how to like, let go of <laughs> everything on the list yes. and learn to trust a few things that would support me, you know? Um, so that now, what was your question again? <laughs> how, how the polyvagal approach and why oh, yeah. it's important to combine it with the menstrual cycle awareness. Yeah. And then the menstrual cycle awareness work allows for what I call a somatic feminist lens in trauma. So the two are kind of working together. Yeah, because the trauma world yet, haven't yet acknowledged the female sort of experience yet. Anyway, I'm onto them. So, so yeah, um, because like I said, it's not it, like we all have trauma, but women's trauma will express itself differently depending on what's happening in our menstrual cycle. And that, that lens is really important in understanding how we care for women and and you know the treatment options that we decide to embark on absolutely um, yeah so how can we use our menstrual cycle to create better relationships with ourselves like just do you have any any words of wisdom on that yeah so menstrual cycle awareness that's the the chat we did last year um you can there, i have a free guide of that on my website which i'll talk about in a minute but um it, menstrual cycle awareness is all about understanding your menstrual your menstrual cycle is not just your periods which I thought it was right for years I think we all did just those like five days and then we then we didn't have this thing but no it's a whole like cyclical every day it's there in your body it's not a separate part of you it's 
you know, it's there and every day matters. And so it's broken into the four seasons. Menstruation is winter. Spring is the week after menstruation. Summer is ovulation. And then autumn is that premenstrual week that, you know, that that's the struggle for um, the PMDD warriors. And, uh, and so learning how to understand the seasons and our, who we are on a nervous mm. system level, what our needs are, how to do self-care. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That, and, and cycles tracking, tracking your cycle. You can use an app where you can put it in your, your diary and learning to build a relationship with your cycle is um, a really powerful thing for, for yeah. Cycle self-care. It is really powerful. And I, it was a game changer for me learning about these seasons and I'm in my inner winter right now. And, you know, I'm doing these interviews and I'm like, well, I'm, I want to show up for my community, but I'm also then taking time to have a bath, go for a walk, relax mm -hmm. on the couch, like to go into that rest and to, to weave it into my life. And it really, it has absolutely revolutionized and changed my whole life. Um, mm -hmm. If someone like, you know, because you work with people one-on-one -on -one in your group program. So if someone with PMDD comes to you, where, where would you start? Like, are there certain questions you ask? Where would you start? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I start with listening to hear their story, obviously. Yeah, like what, like why, how does PMDD impact you? Because I think PMDD is a syndrome, isn't it? It's not a blood test you can take and get a diagnosis. Yeah. So everyone will have a different experience of it. And I'd be curious, like where they want to get to um what their goals are mm -hmm. and then we do work around the nervous system i start you know really helping them build a relationship with their nervous system get curious about it um and then we weave in menstrual cycle awareness hormones some work on diet and then yeah. depending on the person we do some trauma work as well and um, through a practice called somatic experiencing that's the work of peter levine where we we can work with trauma and begin to release it from the nervous system because if we're clinging on to a lot of stuff it's a lot of energy going into that, you know, so allowing that to unravel um, mm -hmm. gently over time is very liberating. And, uh, um, yeah, that sounds so beautiful, that unraveling. I think mm. it's such a such a oh, beautiful word. Thank you for bringing that one into my mind. I'm going to write it down right now. So <laughs> you work with people, as I just said, you know, one on one in your group coaching programs. Could you just share um, a little bit? Do you have a course? Is it only one-on-one -on -one now? How can we work with you? Good. Yeah, good question. I just do one-to-one -one at the moment okay. for clients for one-to-one. -one. And um, that is on Zoom. I take work with people all over the world. I have free consultations. I also have free courses that are self-guided you can take. And so you can hop on over to my website, which I'm changing my website domain. So it's at the moment, it's yourcyclematters.com. But maybe when this is launched, it'll be lisadeyoungcoaching.com. So try them both and you'll find it. I'll put <laughs> um, the link. I'll put the link under the interview. You put the link in. <laughs> Super. And then, um, yeah, if you're if you are interested in training professionally and integrating this into your, your yoga teacher or your therapist or you're interested in bringing this into your workplace, I train professionals. Mm. Um. Yeah, that's how you can work with me. Ah, oh, thank you so much, Lisa, for supporting our community oh, with your with this approach that I really feel is so so unique to you. Like how you bring this all together, and and that's what I feel is so needed for for PMDD because our symptoms are different, our our histories are different. You know, every body is even different, and you bringing this kind of a whole approach into it is just 
It's revolutionary, Lisa. Thank you so much for what you do. And I know last year you did a, a workshop after the summer. Are you doing a workshop this year, Lisa? We, we are, aren't we? We're doing a workshop together. <laughs> yes. Um, what did we say we do it on? Did we say we do it on anger or something? I think I we're going to do it on rage and anger. Yes. Rage and anger. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's a really important part of PMDD. So yeah, we'll do a workshop. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Definitely. Thank yeah. you, Lisa, for that, because I know that's such a huge part. And um, we are at time. Do you have any last words of hope or encouragement for anyone out there who has PMDD? I do. This is kind of revolutionary, and I'm going to dare to say it because I was thinking about this before coming on here, which is that um, what if your recovery journey could be pleasurable? Ooh. <laughs> you know, so I'm a big fan of pleasure, like in all senses of the word and it's a big part of my work and revolution changing our relationship with pleasure and so healing doesn't have to mean going into the trauma and reliving it and re-traumatizing ourselves it can be gentle and slow and it can bring relief and it can therefore be pleasurable and um nourishing for our bodies and I think that if we go on our healing journeys from that mindset then we'll be in we'll be safe and we'll, we'll feel comfortable, you know? Oh, Lisa, I think you just shifted the whole paradigm here. You're, that's such a good thought rather than, how can I fix this, get this done? Like, how can I bring pleasure into yeah. this? And how can I see my recovery journey as something pleasurable? All right, Lisa, you, you set the high, the bar high for us. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all out there, please share your, your gold nuggets in the, in the Facebook group. Come to the workshop. Let's do that. And let's bring pleasure back into our recovery journey. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being here again. Thanks for having me and loads of love to everyone. It's such a pleasure. It's such a pleasure to be here. <laughs> oh, it's so good to have you here. All right, y'all go out there, bring that pleasure back and uh, see you in the Facebook group. Bye. Bye. Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.